Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, this is pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Tonight here is Wednesday night on the Hot Corner. I'm your host, Dr. Raymond Tomos, uh, chiropractic internist down here in Miami, um, hosting the Hot Corner show for ISPS Radio. And like every Wednesday night, we got a great show lined up for you tonight. We got a special guest that's already on the line. We're going to get to him in just a moment. Um, I want to start out by giving you a rundown of what we're going to be doing here on the show tonight. Um, if anybody's a friend of mine on Facebook. They noticed that I uh, posted up something the other day about vaccines, um, and I got into a couple discussions online about um, vaccination and whether to vaccinate your kids, and there was a lot of info that was thrown back and forth going both ways, um, a lot of good discussion going on, mm-hmm. and we want to go ahead and we want to continue that here tonight on the show as well, too, a little bit later on. So the second half of the show, we're going to be talking about vaccines. Um, and whether or not to vaccinate your kids. So if you guys have um, vaccinated your kids, not vaccinated your kids, give us a call here on the show. We want to hear why. We want to know what what influenced your decision. Again, what we want to do is keep you guys informed and entertained, and this seems like to be a very hot subject right now. There's a lot of people in both camps as far as vaxxers and anti-vaxxers, and uh, we want to see what side most people are on and and the reason behind it. Uh, So we're going to get to that in a little while. First, I want to introduce my co-host here, Mr. Manuel T. Ferrero III, the man that that is apparently a lion who has made a lion, um, Mr. MF4 III, and uh, the commissioner of ISPS, the man who makes it all happen. Manny, how you doing tonight, my man? I'm doing great, Dr. Thank you, thank you. I'm doing great, Dr. Ray. Uh, How are you, brother? Wonderful, man. You know how it is Wednesday night. I didn't have any patients running late tonight, so we got the show started on time. So ready to rock and roll here on the Hot Corner tonight. Yes, sir, man. And it's a great, great show. We have uh, Henry from Henry's Baseball Club back on the show again. Uh, A repeat special guest uh, from a few months ago. I remember I was out of the studio on that particular day that Henry called in. Uh, I was actually calling in to the show from the beach, I remember, and, uh, and listening to Henry 
and all the uh, great information he gave out to our listeners. But he's back for the uh, the beginning of the Major League Baseball season. Uh, we're going to talk to him about Major League Baseball and um, a lot of uh, other subjects that he may want to talk about. And, and we already have some questions uh, for Henry already lined up uh, coming in through the uh, text machine. And, um, and Dr. Ray, like you said, that vaccination topic on Jimmy Kimmel, it's really pinched the nerve with the, with the nation. So I'm, I'm, a, I'm kind of interested in listening to that segment as well a little bit later on the show. Definitely. So just to give a quick rundown, what we're going to be doing is talking about the vaccination schedule. Um, we're going to be giving some, some facts that are straight from um, the National Vaccine Information uh, Center. Um, so we're going to be talking about, again, facts. Um, I'm also going to be giving some opinion in there. Um, so we're going to, you know, again, try to break down as much as we can and just keep everybody as informed as we possibly can um, so that they can make their own decisions. I think that's really what it boils down to here is how do we make the decisions that we make as parents? You know, that's that's the hard part um, because kids don't come with handbooks, you know. So how do we know what to do? You know, doctors are biased one way. Chiropractors are biased another way. You hear it all the time, you know, but... The bottom line is, what kind of a family history do you have? What do you know? Um, you know, what's been your experience? You know, what kind of things are influencing your decision? That's what we're that's what we're trying to find out here tonight. We're trying to help spread the word. Um, you know, especially around my age, I've got a lot of friends that are just having kids for the first time, and you know, who knows who knows what they're doing? You know, and and do they know what they're doing? And whose advice are they taking? Do they trust the people they really know? Or did they? you know, the doctors that they have, or did they just find a pediatrician that's in their insurance plan? You know, it's it's tough to find out who to take good advice from these days. So we're going to be talking about that a little bit later on. Again, if you guys want to join in the conversation, you're more than welcome. Uh, the area code is 347-637-3978. That's a call-in number. Um, so, again, you guys are welcome to give us a call. You can tweet us your questions at Dr. Ray P. or at ISPSO. You can go to facebook.com slash 353-HEAL and you can tell us what you want to do there or facebook.com slash ISPSO, and you can talk to us there, send any questions in. Um, we're going to take questions on that starting around 7.30, so start to get that ready, and if you guys want to call in, you're more than welcome. Um, but for right now, let's go ahead and let's have some fun. Why don't we talk to our first guest? Why don't we bring him on, the man, the myth, the legend, Henry from Henry's Baseball Club. Let's get Henry on the line here, Manny, so we can talk to him. Henry, how you doing tonight, my friend? Yeah, I'm actually doing real good. Uh, it's another good day here. Uh, today the temperature was about 46. We had close to about 100 inches of uh, snow this uh, winter, so that wasn't the uh, pleasant part of this winter. But, you know, indoors, uh, a lot of people go uh, indoors and uh, work out. So, you know, it's an opportunity. Baseball is uh, 365 if you are really highly skilled and want the uh, carrot. You know what I'm saying? Worst thing for a player is to sit around and talk about how good he is, you know? So yeah, we're definitely. trying to gear up for this year. And uh, if anybody wants to look at my site, they're welcome to. It's uh, henrysbaseballclub.com. Also, as you know, I have a TV show. A while back, I interviewed Buddy Biancalana. He did a half hour with us, talks about how he got signed, the minor league years, the major league years, the World Series, and what he's doing today. And uh, anybody that really would like to talk to him, I can sometimes, uh, you know, either give an email or a phone number. Depends on, uh, you know, uh, Buddy doesn't want <laughs> not calling him, but 
if they're rational people, you know, maybe you want an autograph or something, then it's okay. All right, that sounds good. That sounds good. Um, so, tell me, Henry, what do you what do you see uh, coming on now for the uh, the upcoming season MLB? Any new well, guys? Well, you know, you right now I think be- that uh, the Red Sox have the strongest club. Um, also, I did want to go over uh, some tryouts. For people that don't know, as soon as January 2015 started, so did the uh, tryouts. And uh, the recent uh, league uh, over here in Connecticut, the uh, Arizona Diamondbacks, I'm friends with uh, Chris Caminucci. He's the guy that signed David Peralta. Have you heard of David Peralta? Uh, in, uh, in which organization, the Red Sox? I think he's with the Arizona Diamondbacks, bat third for the Arizona Diamondbacks. Yes, I think so, as a matter of fact. Yeah, David Peralta. Yeah, well, this is the guy that found him in uh, one wow. of the uh, pro-independent leagues. So Chris and I, we talk from time to time about nice. players. He'll work somebody out. <clears throat> if they have pro-type skills, he doesn't like to waste his time. So anybody that contacts him have, better have a good resume because he's going to call those coaches. And from what he hears from those coaches, and not only little league coaches, I'm talking about guys that are competent. Too many guys in our game trying to think that they can talk their way in. You know, I had a, a guy yesterday giving me a lot of stuff like that. But uh, a few minutes into the conversation, I knew this way, this guy was not what he was talking about. Told me he uh, he's six foot two, two eighty, but runs a six three sixty. That's impossible for a guy almost three hundred pounds. You know, so oh, there are people yeah. out there like that. You yeah. know, they waste your time. But now, Henry, uh, this is real. We've Henry, been here forty what, years. What are... And uh, that trout was indoors sorry, in the middle Henry, of Connecticut, are... the middle of uh, 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 February. I'm sorry for the people that missed it, but that's the way people are. They wait till it, they get too old, and they start calling and hemming and hawing about how they missed their opportunity and what can they do now. There is nothing you can do once you get too old. They're not looking for old people. The guy with the gold makes the rules. I'm sorry. You know? These people, they think that they can just walk on and say they're 25, when, uh, say they're uh, uh, 19 when they're actually 40. Uh, that's in a movie. This is real life. <laughs> <laughs> so you try to explain hey, to Henry, people, now you... and then I'm the bad guy because I told him the truth. You know? Go ahead. I'm, I'm sorry to be Henry, a little heated. give me a second but, here. Uh, um, yeah. Let me ask you a question. You, you mentioned, uh, you know, this – your your coaches, your trainers, they they don't want to waste their time. What are what are pro like skills that you mentioned? What are okay, pro like skills so that first thing you do at any you go to any pro trial, right? What's the first thing that they do? If you know baseball, you would know this. And I'm trying trying. To, I don't know your baseball background, but uh, I did probably close to a thousand trials because I used to help out the scouting bureau when uh, Lenny Marilla was here in this area, and he used to invite me to hit grounders and help him with the tryouts. So would you know what the first thing is they do at a pro tryout? Anybody? No? No I response? Have, I have no idea. I, um, That's fine. I'm going to give you the answer. They, uh, like, they... I have all the answers. You don't have to worry about that. The first thing they want to know is who are the athletes, the guy that can run. Who can run a 6-4-60 or something like that? They're not looking for people that run slow. I'm sorry. Too many of these little league coaches, they tell the guy, oh, no, stay home, relax. They'll come looking for you. Well, they're not. If you don't get yourself out there, pack a bag and head out the door, then you're wasting your time. 
thinking that a scout's going to walk up the driveway because you're on the couch uh, relaxing and you got a train of sandwiches and you got all the movies queued up. That's in a movie, my friend. So I'm sorry to be the, you know, the person that tells the truth, but that's the problem that I've run into almost every day. People calling here and sending me emails about how good they are, but once I check the coaches, they tell me, don't waste your time with that guy. He can't even run. He runs an 8-flat 60, which is slow. They're looking for 6-4, or possibly 6-9. It's got to be a sub-7. That's the first thing. Second thing, they hit grounders or fly balls, or they flip you the ball, and they see uh, how far you can throw the ball from right field if it's an outfielder. They want to see uh, low, hard, and straight. One hop to the plate from 300 feet. So if you can't do that, then you're wasting their time. So those are the two tests that they do right away. That's when you know which athletes you want okay, to keep. Okay, so so, and so if, you, is, if we uh, find it's someone, it's got to go across the diamond ballpark about eighty-five ballpark. To get centered to the ball, so and across the diamond, you know, centered to the ball means like you want the ball, not like you're trying to slap it away. Or El Toro, you know how bull comes by and you kind of jump out of the way. They're not looking for that. They want you to get centered to that ball. Low, hard, and straight to first. This is not children's baseball. That's the problem with people. They don't understand the difference between amateur ball and pro baseball. In pro baseball, there's 20,000 guys to replace you. So think about that. If you're not training two to four hours a day, then find another profession. All these ice skaters that are in the Olympics, they train two hours in the morning and two hours at night, right? Hello? For sure. Okay. Yes, so, for sure. You're same correct, thing with a baseball sir. player. He's got to start training hard. They don't give that out the, all that money to people that uh, run slow and so forth. You know, I saw there's a Red Sox prospect, so Henry, and I, huh? You want me to continue? Henry, uh, if we if we find if we find a pro skill level player like that, what do you recommend that person do? Well, now the problem is his age. Like I said when I started the conversation, okay, 20 eight. of these guys, they wait till they get too old. If, if let's say, uh, the other no, day no, on my site, there's about, a guy. Let's talk about, Henry, Henry, yeah. Henry, okay. let's talk about your perfect, your, your perfect candidate. What's the perfect age? 16 years old is the time that you should start seeing scouts. By 18 in America, you should have a contract. If you want to go to college for 20 years, okay, then go so. ahead. Nobody's going to stop you. But... Uh, there's a guy called the farm director. Anybody that's old and maybe you have a bad day, like maybe you uh, struck out three times in a game or as a pitcher you walk too many people, then they give you a bus ticket home. They don't keep old people around, and I'm trying to be kind of polite. By the time you're 22, 23, you should be on the verge of double A or triple A. So some people hear the message. Other people, oh, you know, Henry, it's not that important, you know? I got to walk the dog, Henry. So, Henry, so Henry, what does that 16-year-old do? What do you recommend that perfect okay, 16, pro skill level 16-year-old? Find out where all the trials are for that summer and uh, play in, uh, like, Legion Ball, Babe Ruth, or something like that. Always keep uh, playing because when you go face a player of the year at uh, 18, 19 years old, he's not going to let you on base easily. You know what I'm saying? He's going to be hitting corners, and he's had a lot of trainers to make him who he is. So a guy that hasn't played or practiced 
and uh, done it religiously, he's going to have trouble hitting, even contacting that ball. The ball comes in like a rocket. This is not children's baseball, my friend. You know, too many people don't understand yep. the pro game. They go to a tryout, and then they brag to their friends, oh, I was at a Atlanta Braves Pro tryout, you know? I'm real good. Well, the guy got cut early. He couldn't run, couldn't throw. And some of these guys show up at blue teams, you know? And uh, no glove, no hat, you know? They don't understand the pro game. It's supposed to show up right, in well, a baseball uniform. Henry, so find out like where your uh, tryouts are and uh, send your resume to all the scouts and try to get uh, <laughs> discovered. You don't stay Henry, home. That's the worst thing it, for a player. So it sounds like we got somebody that's on the line that may have a question uh, here. Uh, Manny, do we have a question for Henry, or what do we have going on? It sounds like we had somebody tweet, text, or call. Actually, it's an MLB question, and I, I think uh, they're directing it to us since we're talking about baseball and stuff. What do we think about the new uh, pace of play rules that they're implementing in Major League Baseball? Does Henry have any uh Yeah, any I have comments thoughts on, on that? that, but basically it's uh, it's not going to change anything. If I was pitching, I, I would pitch whenever I decided to. So, And I'm sure some of the older players that uh, have been around the game – for probably 30-plus uh, years, you're not going to rush them, you know? That's just, you know, something, uh, some way to, for uh, sports writers to kind of uh, make some, sell some newspapers, you know? Wow. What do you uh, think, Dr. Right, Ray? What do you think about that question? You think you're going to rush Kurt Schilling? You know what he would tell you? Well, you know, I think um, – I, I don't know what the penalties are going to be um, – Yet up to this point, you know, Manny, do you have it's any not idea? Like basketball, what you know, basketball. As soon as the guy uh, makes a basket, you no dribble idea. the ball in. But baseball is a little different. It's a different game. You want to be prepared for that ball coming well, in actually, at ninety-nine heard, miles an hour, or the pitcher has to. I you heard know, get a, a big poppy. I heard Big Poppy in a press conference talking about uh, he was going to get fined every time you step out of the box. The, the batters are not going to be allowed right. to step and out of the box in between and pitches. It was, wouldn't, it, wouldn't it generate a lot of publicity for him? Don't forget, oh, yeah. the second oh, part to baseball, you know, publicity. I think it's just all, you know, just a way to get the web going. You know, some people get all heated up over nothing. It's not a big deal. So the game took a little longer. So what's the big deal? That's the type of game that baseball is. If they really want to cut the game short, just cut it to seven innings. Well, you know, I think that, I you know? think that the, main, the main thing, Henry, is that what they want to do is they want to increase, yeah, you but know, you can say they, they. Who is they? Well, the new commissioner, did, I know. Did I've David Ortiz suggest that? No. Did MLB, the, commi- the Players Association, suggest that? Not the Players Association, but the commissioner. Yeah, well, that's just going to play uh, the game, right? Well, yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, but, so you know, again, they play at the their leisure. People, the more that's people the way that are it watching, is. You the have more to people live with it. watching, the more money that people can make. So, you know, players obviously want to make more money as well, too. And if you have more people interested in the sport, more people watching the sport, more people interested in the sport, that equals larger contracts. So, right. you know, I think but I just told you, if they really want to speed up the game, make it seven innings. I think that that's changing things a little uh, a bit. A player is going to, you know, uh, uh, after he throws the ball 99, his uniform gets a little bit out of sequence there. 
So he's got to straighten himself back out. That's just the way it is. Yeah, Maybe he I, gets I mean, a little dirt I, I in his bike, so now he's got to get the dirt out. That's just the way it is. You know, people today, they want everything in 30 seconds. You know, a hamburger, you go, you walk up to the window, and two minutes later, it's on their plate. But baseball yeah. is not like that. Yeah, that's I'm sorry. True, yeah, man. Listen, I I think Henry has a point here, man, and and they're they're trying to change a game that has been played the same way for over a hundred years. What are you guys doing, man? You know, it, it's fine. Just you know, and it, it's the pace of the game. That's just the way it is. It, you know, it, it's a way. It's the only game that you can have a conversation in between innings with your son or, or your 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 friend, whatever, your your dad. You take them out to the ballpark. I mean, I think, uh, number one, that, that that thing that you can't get out of the batter's box in between uh, in between pitches, man, that's that's totally crazy, man, because every time you step out, you're thinking about what, okay, what did he just throw me, and then what is he going to try to throw me next, you know? You, you got to step out. You got to recompose yourself. You got to think. You know, you just can't just stay up there the whole time. It's, I don't know, man, it's going to be... It's going to be right. weird. The, the key in MLB, what is the key? Probably nobody there knows. That's okay. The key in MLB is to perform. It's a performance league. If you strike out three times or something like that, you know, in the minors, then you get released. They don't keep old wood around. Believe me. That's the problem with people. You know, once you hit MLB, yeah, you can shoot your mouth off and stuff because you're considered a great talent. But on the upcoming part, once uh, in the lower minors – uh, for instance, some of the uh, teams only have, like, uh, one rookie team uh, and maybe one uh, low-A team. So uh, 25 guys are going to move up. But another team might have four rookie teams and only 25 spots for low-A. So that means 75 guys are going to have to take a walk, right? 25 guys to each player, Definitely. to each uh, team. Yep. So that's what I'm saying. It's brutal. Most guys do not make MLB. Ninety percent fail. Hey, so Even a few weeks after the so Henry, uh, draft, a lot about... of those guys get released. They get signed. They just cannot handle pro baseball. It's a different type of animal. You perform, or there's the door. You know, when I was in the minors, I gave the Henry talking speech. about talking about performance. What do you think about uh, the New York Yankees and uh, A-Rod's performance this season? What do you think his performance is going to be like? Yeah, but he's going to get that money. Uh, it's all guaranteed, right? It's guaranteed I money, th- I right? I believe so. Yeah. Well, I'm just yeah. saying. You know, I don't know everything about – because we follow mostly the uh, Red Sox here. And also we have a double-A team in, uh, in uh, Manchester – where all these people that I'm maybe might be listening in once a year, you could meet uh, Chris Carpenter, you can meet Wade Boggs, Cecil Fielder, uh, Bob Stanley, Rich Gedman, Lou Merloni. Uh, once a year they have a big dinner up in Manchester. Uh, usually it's in November, and that's where all the pictures on my site come from. So I'm just saying, you know, a lot of people, they don't understand that these players, they do give you an opportunity to meet them, but uh, – you have to kind of make an effort to contact somebody or contact Henry and find out where the next dinner is or what's going on, you know? Any other questions? Or Yeah, sounds like we have another tweet, text, or call. Manny, what do we got? 
Actually, yeah, we have mm-hmm. one from Taylor. Uh, he wants to ask Henry, what are the chances of an autistic player who was never given much of a chance to play ball until well into his teens, what are his chances of making the majors? Yeah, look, I'm sorry, but I would doubt, and I'm not trying to be rude. I'm sure people have all kinds of medical problems, but the people that do get signed, uh, see, baseball, uh, pro baseball is different. Uh, best thing to do is go to your lo- local amateur league and find a place to play because professional baseball, if you don't uh, run a 6-4, 6-6, or 6-8, or something like that as a young player coming in, uh, then they don't need you. And I'm trying to be kind of polite. I'm just telling you what the scouts told me. Yeah, when I first started, I thought the other way, that everybody got to play, because I didn't understand. But now I do. Um, At draft time, there's a million players. You know, when they have the draft in June, there's a million players. They only signed 1,500. In a few weeks into that uh, 1,500, a lot of those guys get sent home because they just can't perform at that level. They give them a chance, but, you know, they don't perform. I get that release list from all the clubs, and a lot of them are people in rookie ball. It's or totally just got true. In. It's you know, it's they totally give a true. In every in every sport, in every sport, uh, speed kills, man. You know, both on offense and defense. There's no unless unless you put match up speed with speed. You really there's no more. There's no defense for speed. Um, and you really can't teach speed. You just got to train hard, and, and yeah. it's got to be, uh, I guess, a little bit of genetics, I guess. They do discriminate in uh, in baseball. They don't have to do what other companies have to do. You will never see a handicapped person in center field for the New York Yankees. That is impossible. What's he going to do out there? How's he going to get the ball if he's crippled? People are not going to pay for that. So they have an exemption from Congress that allows them to discriminate in that in if you call it discrimination i don't know what you would call it but that's they don't have to go by the normal rules of a, a normal company you know what i'm saying oh i i had no idea about that henry yeah well i'm trying to bring you into a new limelight that's why you ought to get a lot of guys like me to kind of uh get the word out to these people that think everybody gets to play that's in a movie i'm sorry you know, if you're if you're not, uh, you know, if you're not uh, running that kind of speed and hitting uh, at each level, you got to back close to 300, or they don't need you. You know, by 300, I mean one year he might be 280, another year 285. You know, somewhere close to 300. If you don't back close to that, then they release you in the low liners. You know, you know they try to. You know, if you're uh, if you're an older player, let's say you just came out of college and you're struggling. They release you, but if you're 18 or 19, uh, they they send somebody like Carl Jaskremski, uh, a roving instructor, to go and work with you. If you're young, they work with you, but if you're older, they don't need you. I'm telling you, and I'm trying to tell the world, because people, they don't believe me, and they don't listen. This is stuff that maybe you don't read in the paper, but they release people like crazy. I get that release list almost every day, uh, sometimes over the winter, especially uh, around the end of uh, spring training. They re- probably release close to 200 guys around spring training. Club releases uh, between five and, let's say, 15 players. They don't need them. Too old, too injured, uh, too slow. Uh, the head's not in the right place, you know? 
just reality. I'm sorry. You know, you, you, you tell hey, Henry, people the truth I and they get uh, angry at Henry. Because I'm the guy that told him the truth. <laughs> <laughs> you know? No, Henry, but I, I think we have another we have another question here coming in actually from Brooklyn Brooklyn, New York. Henry, who is your all time favorite baseball player of all time? Yeah, well look, uh, when I was a kid I used to sit in right field in New York. I don't tell people that in Boston because I don't want these Boston fans to hit me over the head, you know? But I used to uh, love to watch <laughs> Roger Maris as a kid. And uh, Mickey Mantle was in center field. But I was a, a little kid. I didn't really understand what was going on. But I loved it. You know what I'm saying? I said, these guys get paid to do wow. play baseball? Wow, that's what I got to do. So I would take the train. Uh-huh. Uh, I lived in Manhattan, so I'd take the train up to the Bronx. And uh, I'd sit in right field. Because at that time, it was only like 75 cents to a fifty to uh, sit in right field, you wow. know? You know what I'm saying? Today's wow. ticket, same Roger same Roger Maris, man. Yeah. So Roger saw me there a lot. So he came over one time. Why do you come here so much? And where's your parents? I said, well, Roger, I, I just love baseball. I don't know why, but I want to be. I want to take your job. <laughs> so he laughed, and he let me take his picture. I had a little uh, brownie camera from those old days. And so I took a picture, and I still have it somewhere. But, uh, you know, he's a good guy. You know, I'm sorry he died. You know, I wish I had met him as an adult. But eventually I moved to Boston, and uh, I'm sorry to criticize New York, but, you know, a lot of New York is all concrete, so very few baseball fields. So that's why I came to Boston, and I found the promised land. Over here there's plenty of employment. Uh, We get about 200,000 students every September 1st, guaranteed. And Harvard has an endowment of $42 billion with a B. So they have an employment office, so there's plenty of work here. There's plenty of baseball fields, plenty of parking. So I'm sorry. This is where uh, I ended up, and, you know, after I came here, I really enjoyed it. You know what I'm saying? It's a lot better than uh, getting mugged and shot in New York City. (laughs) I believe that. Um, All right, Henry, well, listen, we want to thank you for coming on the show tonight. We uh, have to move on to the next segment here, but we want you to let everybody know out there if there's anybody listening that, thinks they have what it takes to make it to the majors. and Yeah, they're welcome you know, to call they... me, not a problem. But unfortunately, if you're not willing to train and develop your skills, then mm-hmm. uh, you'd be wasting your time. Okay. Um, okay. Actually, before you go, um, I think Manny said that we we may have a call on the line. Manny, do we have anybody else on the line for Henry, or are we having trouble getting up there? Actually, they're not um, they're, they're not responding, but I am trying to get them on the line. But um, – Try to have Henry uh, remind everybody, remind everyone where they could contact him if they uh, want more information from Henry's yeah, baseball club. I'm at club. Uh, 781-891-0621. I'm in the Boston area. I'm in the Boston Yellow Pages. And my site is Henry's, N-R-Y-S, henrysbaseballclub.com. Click on TV show. Bottom of the TV page, you'll see Buddy Biancalana. He did a half hour with us. Talks about... Uh, you know, when he was younger and all that stuff and his World Series and all the good stuff that happened in his life. He did a half hour with us. So he's a great person. He was also on David Letterman. <laughs> Hello? All right. Yeah, that's that's great, Henry. We, again, you know, we really appreciate you calling in and, uh, and uh, coming on the show and filling us all in on what it takes to get to the majors. And I know that 
our audience is predominantly softball players, so it's good to hear that there. Yeah. Um, I think we're having some technical difficulties yeah, there. Manny, any, Manny, know what we got going on over there, man? I think we have uh, actually Dan from Brooklyn on the line. Uh, I believe, Dan, are you on the line with us tonight? I am. Can you hear me? Hey, Dan, do you have a yeah. question for – yes, we can hear you perfectly fine. Do you have a question for Dr. Ray or Henry from Henry's Baseball Club? Well, yeah, I just wanted to tell Henry that I'm sorry he has to live in Boston now. Hello? Yeah, uh, see, the reason why I moved <laughs> is because when we used to play softball, um, uh, some of the guys that slid into the bases – uh, they went home with uh, no skin on their elbows. <laughs> hey. so, uh, I think no. there's plenty of baseball fields here, and I think Harvard has a big endowment, and there's fields all over the place here. So I'm sorry. It's you know I love baseball, and this is a place to play. Hey, I I I hear that, and I'm all I'm all for for you on that one. Uh, I'm just sorry that you you know you wound up in Boston. And, um, yeah, but did wanted... we win the world championship three times already since 2000? <laughs> yeah, no? there you go. I'm sorry. Three versus 27? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> hey. <laughs> but I think hey, you won for not, the last century, I, I'm not, right? No, I'm not knocking. I'm just, I'm just yeah. not. Why I are you complaining? We gave you just... Babe Ruth. What's your complaint? <laughs> We gave hey, you the we, best baseball player that ever existed. What is your complaint? Hey, we we paid for him too. Yeah, but look what he did for you. He put you on the world map. Yes, he did. I gotta give him that. That's the best thing he Boston has ever around. done. Nobody had hit that many home runs. Sixty home runs in those old days with those dead balls. Did you know? Do you even know why he he hit like that? And I'm willing to tell people if they, if you guys want to listen. Do you know why Babe Ruth could hit a, a baseball like that? Nobody's okay. Fine, I'll tell you. I think uh, uh, with, I think we lost I think we lost Dan, but uh, keep keep going. Fine, I'll tell you. Tell anyway, us, uh, uh, look, when he was uh, in the hot summers, in those days they didn't have uh, refrigerators like we have today. Somebody had to bring, and some of the flights he had to walk one, two, three, and four flights up the stairs with sometimes a hundred pounds of ice. And so that was working his legs and his arms every day during the summer. He would deliver ice, you know, like 10 cents a block or something, so he could make a little money. So that's why he developed that kind of strength from, you know, overload training. That's what overload training is when you work the body. Nice. You know? All right, that's man, why you he hit the home runs that. like that and threw like that, because he you worked his body. That. A lot of you guys, you like to relax, training. Henry. You know, Scott's going to come and see me, Henry. Well, I'm sorry he's not. You I'm know? definitely, I'm, I'm definitely going to get my son MF4 on the, uh, what's it called, overload training, Henry? Yeah, best thing to do is get a, a 10-pound vest if he's a little one. Then as he gets older, go to 20 pounds. Then eventually when he's in high school, you want to work with 40. You know, you don't want to put too much about, strain on a guy. A, what about a 21-month-old? No, I, I wouldn't put a weight vest on anybody small. You don't want to ruin his joints and stuff. You know, it's uh, when the guy turns like no, maybe... No, no, I'm uh, talking about what, what should I... 
what should I have him do? Just uh, eye hand coordination stuff and uh, yeah, just, just swing a plastic bat around the house. I mean, if he's that little, he he wouldn't understand too much. You know, I don't think I understood too much till I was about ten years old. <laughs> you know. Got you. Yeah, yeah that's what he uh, does anyway. Too, he too much breaking he's stuff and you know you don't want him to hate it. You know, best thing to do is just bring him to the right, park exactly. and let him do his own stuff. You know. Great advice, right, well, Henry. And Great also, advice. And when? You know, best thing for a player. Well, I think overload uh, that's training. pretty much it. I think uh, we we've we've over over extended our uh, first segment. I know Dr. Ray wants to talk about uh, the next segment, but uh, Henry, thanks again. Uh, you can visit Henry at Henry's yeah. uh, Baseball, Baseball Club. Club. Yeah. And uh, you could uh, contact him through there. Yeah, I welcome phone calls because it equals players. They will get a fair shot, but I'm sorry. If they're not, if they're just amateur, they're amateur. A pro player is somebody that trains uh, between four and six hours a day. And I mean with trainers and stuff. I don't mean children's baseball. There's a guy around my area. His name is Eric Cressy, and he has a place in Florida. A lot of minor league players go to him also. But he works those guys hard. It's not children's baseball. All right. All right, everybody. There you go. Uh, you heard Henry. It's not children's baseball, so don't waste his time. But contact him at henrysbaseballclub.com. Dr. Ray, go right ahead. Let's uh, let's move on to the next uh, segment, vaccinations. And uh, what's up with Jimmy Kimmel, man? Talk to me a little bit about that. I didn't even see that on, on his show. I really, by the time he's on, I'm... Uh, I'm already snoozing, man. Yes, sir. Yeah, I uh, I actually didn't see the show originally. Um, actually, a, a very good friend of mine uh, who's in medical school right now uh, posted that. And what he said was, you know, hey, listen, everybody go out and, and get vaccinated. Um, and so I was like, okay, well, you know, let me see what Jimmy Kimmel has to say about this. So I watched the video. And basically, uh, he got a bunch of doctors to go on and... I mean, if you haven't seen the video, basically what they do is they say, yeah, you know, I, I work six days a week and I do all these things because you're not getting your kids vaccinated and, you know, all these things are happening because people are not getting their kids vaccinated and go get your bleeping kids vac- vaccinated and basically just kind of, you know, basically saying like, listen, if if you don't vaccinate, you're an idiot. If you don't vaccinate, you're putting everybody else at risk. If you don't vaccinate, uh, well, never even mind that everybody needs to vaccinate. Um, and it was just kind of, you know, basically taking away kind of credibility to the whole argument in my in my eyes just because of the fact that, you know, if you have doctors, you want doctors to go on there and state facts, but there was not one fact given about why they should actually vaccinate on there except for the doctors complaining about not having enough free time. Um, so to me, that's not a good enough excuse. You know, I don't have any free time and I'm not, you know, I don't care. You know, I do what I do because I love doing what I do and because I want to help people. And I feel like that's the way doctors should be. You know, you should, I never work because I'm working 24 seven because, you know, that's just the way that, that being a healthcare professional works. But, you know, the way that I saw everything going on down on that and then just, I don't know, to me, it was just kind of making a mockery of the whole thing. And, and, you know, I think it's a very serious, very serious issue and it's not one that should be taken lightly. And, 
it's one that, you know, can potentially cause harm to a lot of people and then maybe every once in a while just to one person at a time. But, you know, regardless, I wanted to get into that. And then he also posted a follow-up where, you know, he spoke about, um, you know, he said, oh, I'm not going to apologize and this and that. And he put up a bunch of tweets about people that were anti-vaccination, you know, calling him out and everything. And, you know, I guess that it was, it's, the response warranted, you know, basically, but I think also the people from the anti-vaccine camp then just said a whole bunch of stupid things as well, too, and if you go through, I actually posted a Facebook post up the other day um, about a study that was done. It was an internet survey. It was not a good study at all. It was basically a bunch of information that was compiled from all kinds of random sources and random collections. They did all have medical records, um, so it was substantiated, but there was no correlation. There was no, It wasn't a double-blind study. It was nothing that was, you know, it was not a good study, basically, and that's why it wasn't put in, into a very, you know, important magazine or made a big deal out of. Um, but it is something that I've heard before, and the title of the study was that uh, vaccinated children are more likely to be more sick than unvaccinated children. And when they say more sick, what they mean is, Things like, you know, going to the doctor more often, getting drugs like vaccine, uh, not vaccines, excuse me, like antibiotics more often, those kinds of things. Um, and and basically just all in all having lower immune systems, having more health issues than children that don't get vaccinated. And I thought it was interesting because in my office, um, I do have a lot of children that are not vaccinated that I take care of. And I don't know if it's coincidence. I don't know if it's chiropractic. I don't know what it is. But to me, the kids that are not vaccinated um, don't miss much school, don't have many issues with allergies. They're not hyperactive. You know, they sit down when they come in and they wait and they speak to me and they, they speak like adults, you know, when they're they're under the age of 12. I mean, it's amazing to see. And, and you know, I think that if you're not vaccinating your children, because you're scared of, of your children becoming autistic or whatever the case is. I've got one family where they vaccinated their first son, and he uh, they noticed that after the vaccination that um, he started to change, and he was diagnosed on the autism spectrum, and basically they decided not to vaccinate the rest of their kids. And the rest of their kids did not end up becoming autistic. The rest of their kids do not really have any health issues at all at this point. They all come in, the whole family gets adjusted, the whole family gets care. Um, so that was one That was one issue that I saw. I have another parent who uh, was coming to me for a, a, a very long time because her son was autistic. Um, she, she thinks that the vaccines are to blame. She said that once she had her son vaccinated, she noticed after the vaccination that her son changed and that's really when things happened. Um, I have another family the same way. They they said that once the, once the child was vaccinated, that's when they saw a, a big change like that. Um, but then I have another family that's actually very, very intriguing to me. And this is why, you know, I don't personally think that a vaccine equals autism. You know, I don't personally think that that's, that's the problem. I think that it doesn't necessarily have to be a vaccine. It could be any virus that these kids contract at this time um, or basically at a certain time. And I think it has to almost be like the perfect storm to where any time that you're going to have an adverse immune response, maybe something like an autoimmune response or, or autism, which I think is very highly immune system related, um, you're, going to, you're going to have three things. You're going to have 
the genetic makeup for it. So number one, do your genes mean do, do your genes allow you to to express autoimmunity? Uh, number two, you have to have a susceptibility. There has to be a way in. There has to be a way for something to be able to trigger that immune response. In a lot of people, the way that it works is they have a they have a leaky gut. They've got too much gluten in their system. They've got an open wound. They've got whatever the case is. They've got a way for a pathogen to get through to where the pathogen should not be. And then finally, there's a trigger, and that is the pathogen. It could be in the form of a vaccine. It could be in the form of picking up a virus from somebody else. It could be from a bacteria. It could be from eating a food that has a bacteria on it. It could be from a lot of different things. Um, but I think that a vaccine in the right situation can definitely cause these types of issues. Um, the problem that I have with a big part of the medical community is that because studies have shown that there is no absolute direct correlation, which means that not every time a child is vaccinated that they develop autism, they feel that they can say with 100% confidence that there is no link between the two. And I don't think that that's the case because of, well, number one, it's a hard thing to prove because of the fact that it's really not everybody. But how can, everybody has a different genetic makeup. Everybody's genes are different. Everybody handles food differently, handles drugs differently, handles pathogens differently. So to be able to find one identifying factor that's going to say this person will develop autism if vaccinated, I think is almost impossible. You know, who knows? Maybe with enough research, maybe with enough people reporting adverse uh, vaccine responses, we'll start to figure something more out like that. But I feel like a lot of a lot of these responses are also underreported. You know, I feel like people, you know, they'll have a, an adverse vaccine response and they won't attribute it to the vaccine. Some people do, some people don't. But I feel like that's very underreported, and that may be a, that may be an issue as well too. So, if you guys have ever had a vaccine done um, and had a, a reaction, or if your children have ever had a reaction, you need to report that. Um, that's very very important, and and because it only helps us get better and helps us prevent more injury. Now, one of the biggest things that that the medical community is upset about by the people who don't want to vaccinate is that they rely on what's called herd immunity. So that means that in order for the vaccines to actually work, 90% of the people in in the area need to be basically vaccinated so that there's no carriers, so that there's no, there's no basically carriers of these diseases that are floating around, which can obviously infect other people. Getting vaccinated does not mean that you are immune to the problem. What it does is it helps your body start an, an immune response against it but it does not guarantee that if you're vaccinated for the measles that you won't get the measles. If you got vaccinated for the flu this year, it was only 18% effective, and that's what the medical community said. I was listening today to the radio, and, and the doctor said, oh, did you, have your, did you give your child a flu shot? And the guy on the, on the radio said, no, I heard it was only 18% effective. And the guy said, yeah, that's true, but it's still your best shot at keeping your child healthy. I was thinking, huh, 18% effective, that's, his, that's your best shot. So, you know, the problem that I have is that there's way better things that you can do to protect your child against the flu. Like make sure, number one, that his immune system is not overrun by a bunch of other infections and that he doesn't have processed food for every single meal and insulin uh, resistance issues because of the diet that he's eating 
and that his stomach is in good shape and that he doesn't have elevated liver enzymes because of his immune system. And, you know, there's just so many things that you can do to stay healthy that don't require you to inject anything into your body that can cause an adverse response. The problem is the medical community does not feel that the body has the ability to, I guess, defend itself at, at, for some points, you know. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm a big proponent of the fact that the body can heal from many things. There are some things I believe that the body cannot heal from um, or not defend itself against, especially when there's an immunocompromised situation. So, you know, my, my biggest suggestion here is that if you have a lot of autoimmunity in your family, if there's lupus and there is um, <clears throat> psoriasis or there's any type of autoimmune conditions like multiple sclerosis or, you know, anything like that, any type of neurological disorders, Parkinson's, Alzheimer's, dementia, to me these are signs that there could be autoimmune genes in the family and that can, that can increase the risk. You know, additionally, anybody, if you have a family that has a lot of stomach issues, gluten sensitivity, allergies, those kinds of things, that could be a risk factor, you know. Um, maybe only 10% of people fall into that category. Maybe the other 90% can get vaccinated. I mean, I, I don't personally know the facts on that. Um, it's impossible to do the research on those kinds of things. But I also think that a big problem is that the research that all these companies are doing is funded by the people that stand to make a profit by the research proving something. You know, this is the first study, and this is why I posted it, that I've seen that was not privately funded by a pharmaceutical company, and, and it's a compilation of a bunch of information. You know, so <clears throat> it's not a study per se, but it's a compilation of information, and it's all substantiated by medical records. So you can't say that it's, it's not true. Maybe it's maybe it's handpicked to to pick the right thing, but then again, maybe so is the research that that the medical community is saying is is the literature and is the the golden book and and whatever the case is. So anyway, it sounds like we have a, a tweet, text, or call. So Manny, let's get to it. Uh, Doctor Ray, sorry to interrupt, man. Great great information, um, and I I think this is a little bit off topic from the vaccinations, but it is kind of a health-related question. It's coming again from Taylor. Um, I believe he's listening in. What are – wait, give me one second. Let me – I think he didn't write this correctly. But uh, basically, I, I believe he's asking about players with scoliosis. Do, you, do most of these guys retire after surgery? I'm talking. Uh, he's t asking about softball players that play with scoliosis. Um, I'm, I'm really not sure um, if they would be retiring after surgery or not. I think that if they're well enough to play with scoliosis, um, which is the case, there's actually a very high amount of people that have scoliosis and don't even realize that they have it. But if they're well enough to play in the first place, they're usually not going to require a surgery for it. Normally, surgery is done when they're very young when there's a very high degree which would cause pressure on the lungs or cause issues with breathing or diaphragmatic expansion or those kinds of things. So if you're playing softball and you're already an adult, chances are you're probably not going to have surgery for uh, scoliosis. But if you do, I mean, my, I don't. it depends on the surgery. You know, if they're inserting rods, you're probably going to lose range of motion. Can you come back from that and train for it a certain way? Yeah. Um, but you're probably going to have some sort of, of – you know, inhibition there or some inability to do what you did before. Um, 
you know, but anyway, good question. Um, but let's go ahead and get back to the uh, to the vaccine topics here. So, again, as I was saying, um, you know, I think that the major thing is we have to think about where is the research coming from? You know, why is why is the research saying that there's no link? Why is everybody saying that, you know, completely denying that these things cause problems when there's account after account after account of people surfacing saying that this is what happened? You know, and a lot of times they'll say, oh, well, this is a correlation because people, you know, children develop autism at this time anyway when there's vaccine schedules. But, <clears throat> I mean, I'm looking at the vaccine schedule uh, right now, basically, um, for for 2015. And between birth and the 15 months, there is 1, 2, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24 vaccinations within the first 15 months. Then, as we keep spreading out, that's 24 vaccinations before you're two years old. As we continue there, around 18 months, there's another, let's see, 25, 26, 27, 28, 29. So 29 29 before you turn two years old, 29 vaccinations. By the time you're seven years old, you're going to have 30, 31, 32, 33, 34, 34 vaccinations. By the time you're 12 years old, you're going to have 35, 36, 37, 38, 38 vaccinations by the time you're 12 years old, and then when you're 18, you get a booster. So 39 total vaccinations that they recommend for children. Now, I don't think that there's 39 different infections that the body cannot defend itself against, especially if we're eating healthy, if you're getting the spine adjusted and keeping it interference-free so that the nervous system and the immune system can work at an optimal range. You know, if you're feeding your child good food and not stuff that's riddled with sugar, processed foods, additives, um, preservatives, all these different, and, and, and stripped of its, of its actual vitamins, you know, that's the problem now that, that we're seeing. And then additionally to that, the medical treatment that a lot of kids receive when they do get sick is literally antibiotics when they should not be prescribed. You know, as a matter of fact, they're saying that now most cases of pneumonia for children are viral in nature. All of a sudden, they're starting to realize that a lot of, these, a lot of the reasons that kids are getting sick is because of viruses. Antibiotics do absolutely nothing for a viral infection. So, you know, I think that the, the and, and that was the right thing to do before, you know, but medicine is always changing. The schedules are always changing. And why do they change? Maybe because they need to sell more medication. Maybe because they're starting to realize that the medication is, has a little bit more of a problem than, than they originally thought. Maybe because the studies are hard to keep, keep, you know, under wraps now. You know, there were some things going on with the CDC that, you know, they withheld some information. I don't know clearly everything that went on there, but I think that that's something that people should investigate a little more in their own time as well. But I just don't see the need for 39 vaccinations by the time that you're 18 years old. Um, I do think that there's a couple that are important. I do think that there's a couple that, that, that have been life-saving for a lot of people. Um, but at the same time, all these vaccines that started to eradicate diseases also happened around the time when they developed the concept and the wonderful theory of sanitation which meant, hey, I'm a doctor. 
let me wash my hands in between giving, you know, delivering babies and in between examining people that are sick and infected. And, you know, and, and I think that may have been one of the things that decreased a lot of transmission of disease as well, too. It's definitely, you can't tell me that it didn't play a factor. They say that one of the most important things now to reduce your, your ability of contracting an infection are washing your hands. So, you know, is it coincidence? Is it, you know, I don't know. But I do know that those two do tie in very closely on that timeline. Um, and so to me, you know, again, mm-hmm. can, can, a, uh, can a vaccination cause autism? I don't think so every single time. But in the right situation, I think that it can definitely be a factor that, that can trigger it. Um, you know, do you need 39 vaccinations by the time you're 18 years old? I personally don't think so. You know, and, and, you know, even doctors now are starting to recommend that we spread these out even more. I wonder why that is. Um, you know, they just blame this whole measles uh, outbreak on children who weren't vaccinated. But as a matter of fact, they, the CDC themselves came out and said that children who are recently vac- vaccinated have a very high risk of infecting other people because they're now infected with that virus. So if you vaccinate your children, you should not have them out anywhere with, you know, for, for a little while. Talk to your doctor about how long it takes. I don't know because I don't vaccinate kids. How long should they wait before they go out and, they, and they're put back into the public with other kids? You know, but the, what they're starting to say now is that that measles outbreak in Disneyland was more than likely caused by a child that was actually vaccinated. But, and, and a lot of the children that were, that did contract measles in Disneyland were already vaccinated. So, again, is it worth taking the risk of your child potentially being that way, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, developing an, an adverse reaction um, when it could happen either way? You know, so I, I don't know. It, it's up to you as parents to make that decision. Children don't come with manuals. Um, I personally, you know, I don't have any kids yet. I haven't made up that decision yet. Um, you know, I don't think that I'm going to vaccinate my children with 39 doses. You know, I'd probably stick to the bare minimum if it was myself. If I had the choice, I wouldn't vaccinate myself. I think that I keep myself healthy. I make the right choices. I get adjusted often. I exercise. I eat well. Um, I give my body the nutrients that it needs. I've done micronutrient testing to make sure that I have no deficiencies in my body. And I know that my body is well-equipped to handle whatever it comes around. I don't get sick. I see sick people all the time. And I don't develop colds. I don't have bad reactions to the flu. You know, I don't get the flu because I haven't put anything into my body since my mom stopped giving me stuff when I was 15 years old and I said, I don't want medicine anymore. I haven't taken even Advil, Tylenol since then. So it's not necessary, you know. And this goes for everything. If you're out there and you, don't, and you can't live without taking an Advil because you have headaches all the time, let me tell you, you don't have headaches because mm-hmm. of a lack of Advil, you know. So... Again, it's just a, a topic of conversation that, that we could probably go on for hours and hours. Um, I'd like to continue the conversation next week for anybody that gets a chance to listen to the show on um, on on demand there on ISPSradio dot or excuse me blogtalkradio.com slash ISPSradio. And uh, you know, if you have questions, if anything comes up, if you disagree with me, please by all means tell me why. I'd love to hear it. Um, I'm open to discuss all day, every day about these things. I'm very passionate about it. Um, and I just want the best for people out there, and I want to protect people by helping them be as informed as possible. So, you know, if you need help making a decision, call me, talk to your doctor, whatever you want. Reach me on Twitter at Dr. Ray T. 
um, on Facebook, facebook.com slash 353heal. You can send me an email directly from my website, 353heal.com. And uh, we look forward to listening to you guys next week here on the Hot Corner. I hope everybody is well-informed and entertained tonight. I want to thank Henry from Henry's Baseball Club. And uh, we'll see you next week on the Hot Corner. Everybody have a great week and stay well. drives me crazy. Excuse me, I'm the Sprinter and from Sprint, try my new iPhone XR with an amazing liquid retina display. This is amazing. Mind if I snap a few photos? Look at that color. I love this display. I, uh, I'm gonna need that back. Switch to Sprint and get iPhone XR 64 gigabytes for $0 per month with an eligible trade-in and a Sprint Flex lease. Visit a Sprint store, sprint.com slash iPhone, or call 1-800-SPRINT-1. Phone $0 per month for 18 months after thirty-one twenty-five per month credit applied within two bills. If you cancel early, remaining balance due. Excludes tax. Subject to credit. $30 activation fee. Coverage and offer not everywhere. Restrictions apply.